from the Cats Audio Network. This is Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Cats Today for a Thursday, July the 7th, 2022. No practice today. Cats still in the bus. Let's get right into it with my guest. It is Andy Fantuz, Ticats analyst on the Ticats Audio Network. And uh, Andy, 0-4 at the bye week. If you were still playing, what would you be doing right now? Day four of your first bye week. Uh, put us in the mindset of player Andy. Uh, if it was me, I mean, I would for sure step away from the facility and, and the team and uh, spend some, some time alone reflecting, I guess, uh, but I, I would also be working on working on my body, um, but maybe maybe in more private settings. So I would probably, um, you know, just try to fix any injuries, rehab any injuries, get make sure I get some tempo running in, uh, just clean out the system and, and sort of um, break it down. To like, you know, get any kinks out and, and, and kind of come back refreshed. Did your perspective on bye weeks change the longer your career went on? Like, I, I assume that earlier in your career, you maybe felt like you could bounce back a little better. And then near the end, you maybe needed more time. How did your perspective of bye weeks change as a player from the beginning towards the, towards the end of your career? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's definitely the way it went. And, and especially because when I was early in my career, I was living, um, you know, away from, from home, my family, my, my girlfriend at the time, my wife. So if I had a bye week when I was playing in Saskatchewan, I I would probably be flying back to, you know, back to Ontario and, uh, and spending the week here. So I I don't know how many guys are are flying away this, this week, but um, I did that a lot more early in my career and, or even, or even planning some, some fun things, you know, some, some activities to do with whether it's with the team or with family and friends, um, but away from football. And then later in my career, I think it was more of a rest and recuperate, um, you know, spend, of course, still spend time with your family, but now they were local for me. So, uh, I, you know, I didn't have to worry about that travel and, 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 uh, that's two days of your bye week right there. I mean, like that, that that's, that's pretty huge. That's, that's traveling. That's two days. I, we mentioned this with Luke. Cause I noticed on Instagram that, you know, Dane was out uh, golfing with, uh, you know, 10 teammates or so a bunch of them had it on their Instagram. And how important are those moments where maybe football is discussed and maybe, you know, when it is discussed, it's, you know, guys, let's just focus on the golf, but like how important are those moments away from the facility with guys across the offense and the defense and special teams. Like what do those moments mean? Well, I think, I think, I think it's, it's very important because you, you, you know, the more you get to know somebody, the more you commit to somebody, the more energy you invest into uh, that relationship, the more you care about them, the more loyal you are, the more, um, you know, cohesiveness you have. So you can call it like gelling or, uh, or a culture, but, um, and, but really it's just, you, if you get to know somebody, you know, about their family, you know, about what they care about, what they, what they don't care about. Um, and you serve them in a, in a sense, and you, um, you know, look out for their interests more than your own, then, 
that's when real friendships come, real relationships and real connection. And, uh, and then that, that inevitably will translate onto the field. So, um, I'm happy to hear those guys are, are getting together and, and, and doing that, um, golfing, whatever it is. I mean, I was, I always love, uh, trying to organize, you know, things like that outside of the facility, whether it be card games or bowling or paintball or golfing or, you know, movies, just, just anything, um, just to, you know, get to know somebody on a different level than, than a practice day. All right, let's get into the game on uh, Friday night. Again, the Ticats are dealing with some familiar issues uh, going back the last couple of seasons, uh, holding on to a lead in the fourth quarter, untimely turnovers. Uh, let's be glass half full. Let's be a little optimistic. Uh, what did you see on Friday night that makes you think this is not an Owen four football team? Well, I mean, the, the team, they're, they're close, right? And they, they have made improvements in different areas throughout the four games. Um, uh, I think special teams is something that continues to, to produce at a pretty high level. So, you, you know, that, that's uh, hopefully for that to continue or, or even improve. Uh, you know, offensively, there's lots of room for improvement. The running game, the um, short passes, um, you know, it seems like we get a, uh, the Thai Cats get a couple shots downfield and are, are not bad at taking advantage of those, but uh, just that consistency and putting together first downs. And then defensively, um, I think they're they're solid. I do. I think they're not an 0-4 defensive team. Uh, they're, they can shut down the run, and, and uh, whenever you can do that, make a team one-dimensional, you're going to have success because teams are going to, you know, they can dink and dunk down the field, but eventually they're going to get tired of that and want to take some shots. And, um, so we just, I think the one thing the defense needs to improve on is, is, is getting producing a few more turnovers one way or another. Hmm. Yeah. And mentioning turnovers, uh, the tie cats have had horrible luck when it comes to turnovers and maybe it's not luck. Maybe there are some footballs that need to be caught. Maybe there are some better passes that need to be thrown, but as a former receiver, when you see, all these balls being tipped and being intercepted. I mean, yeah. what goes through your mind watching that? Oh, I, it's painful. It's, yeah. it's certainly painful. And I'm not going to pretend like it's, it's easy. Um, you know, if, if you're running full speed one way and there's, there's lots of factors, whether the, whether the ball's not on quite on target, whether there's distractions, tips, um, but whenever you get a chance to touch the ball as a receiver, you want to, you want to pull it in. And if you don't pull it in and it bounces up in the air and eventually gets intercepted, uh, you know, it's like double banger against you, double negative. So um, it's crazy how many of those have happened this year already. And, but between those and, and the fumbles, I mean, uh, the, the fumbles are something like a technical issue that can be cleaned up pretty not easily, but um, objectively, I guess. So are you spending a little more time with the jug machine? Are you practicing tip drill? I mean, what, how do you work through those plays? Like, how, like if you're in a funk, if you're mentally just like, I can't get my hands on these balls, how do you get out of it? Yeah, I think I think the issue for receivers can, can, can be, in my experience anyway, can, can be that your, you know, your mind can be your biggest enemy. And, um, I always 
I, I had advice told to me uh, when I was a rookie a long time ago, or actually second year, uh, Yo Murphy was a, was an, uh, an old vet. He, he said, just let your athleticism take over. And he taught me to every, you know, at the last second when the ball's coming in, no matter what route you're doing, um, just attack the ball. And it's, it, I know it sounds easy. I know, you know, every receiver coach probably preaches this, but if you like waiting for the ball and, and you, you get in their mind that, Oh, am I going to catch this? Am I not? Um, you know, just, just attack it, trust your preparation. And, and so to answer your question, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to be running, you know, full speed at, at a quarterback and without slowing down at all, without jumping, without trying to slow down, you know, the, the time, just work on those catches uh, across, across fields fast, like full speed, just practice. I'm not, a, I, I never was a big jugs machine kind of person, but uh, you know, that, that can certainly work if you don't have someone who can, can throw you 50 balls. Uh, you can, you can use the jug machine and just, again, you can just run at the run at it um, and, and really, you know, practice that full speed. I, I don't, I'm not a big static catching kind of believer. So I've never played the position clearly, but is there a difference of having the ball thrown to you and catching the ball. And I feel like when you say attacking it, is that the going out and like the effort, like, is there, am I, am I overthinking it when it comes to that receiver position or, or, or is it, am I underthinking it? Cause clearly every receiver knows that you need to catch the football. You can't just have the football land in your hands. Yeah. Uh, well, you do, you do need to catch it, but I think you, you want to save your legs in a sense. So, so for instance, if you're running a, you know, slant route or, or something across the field, a dig route, uh, some kind of in, you could just take like one step upfield and turn and run full speed. And, and after three or four steps, you'll, the ball should be there and you can, you can get some pretty good high quality reps doing that. So um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just just the idea of you know actually making the effort to catch a football and and getting those those reps in, like you say, because I mean we I, I saw Dana talked about it at you know post post game said you know he's never been zero four he's never had these breaks kind of go the way they've been going and to that point Dane apologized he apologized to his teammates to the media I'm sure he said the same thing in the locker room what does it mean to you to see a guy put it so much on his own shoulders, but also take that kind of responsibility. Well, I think, I think that's, it's a sign of a good leader to, to always put it on yourself when, when things are going wrong and, and, you know, compliment your teammates when things are going well. And that's what coach, coach Orlando preaches um, and Dane and Dane lives it. And, you know, he, he is the, the, the quarterback, a lot of the turnovers, uh, the fumbles have been, have been him. And, um, I wouldn't say all the interceptions are his fault by any means, but, um, at the end of the day, uh, quarterbacks responsible for taking care of the ball. And, um, so it, it's kind of a, a weird situation <laughs> with all the tips and, and bat downs and, and, you know, you feel bad for him to put it all on his shoulders, but I think that's just what you need to do as a quarterback and, uh, and just, um, everybody should be doing that regardless of their position. How aware are the guys of the actual standings right now? Yes, they know they're 0 and 4, but do they also know that they're only one game back of the East, of first place in the East? Like how how does that affect them mentally? 
I think I think I think that that's that's the reality, and they're watching the the games, you know, and the other teams in the East are are having some bad luck as well. So, uh, you know, it's a great thing about the CFL is you're gonna long. It's a long season. Um, most of the teams make the playoffs, so you just got to put your put yourself in a position to to make it, and and, and then next step would be getting a home game uh, or buy. So uh, they're still definitely in the hunt. Um, and I think that's like saving grace. If every, if every other team was four and zero in the East, it, it wouldn't, it'd be a little more bleak at this point. I know it's 10 days away, nine days away, whatever it is, but uh, Jeremiah Masoli is making his return to Tim Hortons field. The next time the tie cats hit the field, how much extra motivation do you think uh, Soli's going to have walking into that building uh, come July 16th? Oh, he'll be ready to play. I mean, he, he, I, I'm not sure how sour the whole transaction was for him. Uh, I haven't spoken to him on it, but, um, anytime, you know, anytime you put your, you, you play for a team for so long and then you kind of, you end up making a switch, there's going to be some kind of extra pressure, adversity, uh, you know, excitement, nervousness when you're, when you're coming back to play them for the first time, and especially when it's in, in um, Hamilton. So uh, I, I, I think he'll get some cheers. I think he'll get some booze. I think <laughs> it'll be a little mix of everything, but he'll be ready to play. He's a pro. Um, this is, uh, he's been doing this a long time. Andy, always appreciate catching up with you. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Thanks, Louie. That is Andy Fantuz, Ticats Audio Network Analyst, and of course, a long time CFL receiver including the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, speaking of former Hamilton Tiger Cats, speaking of alum, earlier this summer, uh, we were down at the Tiger Cats Alumni Golf Tournament, and we had a chance to catch up with uh, a bunch of alumni who were there, and all this week uh, with the Tiger Cats on the bye week, we're uh, going back in the Tiger Cats Audio Network vault to play some of those conversations we have not got to yet. Uh, and this is my conversation with Ralph Scholes, former Tiger Cats offensive lineman, uh, here's what he had to say. And we started our conversation uh, talking about his favorite memory as a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, favorite memory, obviously, the, was the second game of the two two game total point series in uh, 86 to uh, that got us into the Grey Cup, the one we won. And uh, it was just uh, just in a phenomenal comeback. And uh, I think most satisfying win. What, what, what about that game sticks out the most to you? Just the the fact that we were like we lost the first game and then we were down in the first quarter. I think you know it was a combined score. We were down like thirty six points or something like that, and we ended up uh, through a certain you know turn of events uh, scoring going into the half. And from then on, I like I coach a lot of minor football and everything like that, and I, I always like to score going into the house into the half because it's a it's a great momentum changer or momentum momentum keeper, and uh, I think that was uh, just a, a phenomenal uh, phenomenal game and and the way that we had uh, a bunch of the guys on the, our team through uh, a couple of our starters were injured. I had to change positions. Uh, Pat Brady had to come in from long snapper and came in starting guard. Uh, Terry Laney came in as a, a DB. And uh, so a lot of guys were, uh, you know, taking on, uh, you know, full-time responsibilities. And, and we just did it together as a team. Uh, class of 2021 inducted Mike Walker. What, uh, 
he, he was pretty emotional when I talked to him about it. You know, he had said it was one of those things that he didn't know where it was going to come. What did it mean to you to see Walker get the call? I, it, I, I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, I'm so happy for Walk. Um, I would say that, you know, I played against the best defensive lineman in the league every day in practice. He made us all better. Uh, I really, I, I didn't ever play against anybody in the league uh, that was as tough as Walk. And that was just in practice. I could just imagine him in a game. And he made, uh, he made so many more of those guys uh, better uh, and gave them opportunities on defense. And, and playing that open tackle, is it's kind of an unsung hero uh, type of a job. But, you know, when he has to be double teamed all the time, then that opens up things for other people. Post-playing career, what did you get up to? Uh, well, I got my degree in civil engineering uh, and from, uh, from Cornell. So I, I ended up uh, working for some consultants. And then I, uh, I put in 15 years uh, for the Niagara region as a roads engineer. And then the last seven years, I was at Niagara College as uh, director of facilities. And uh, so it was a great way to get back to the community uh, in public service. And uh, I really enjoyed my time both at the region and, and the Niagara, and Niagara College, uh, uh, two great uh, you know, um, community organizations uh, that uh, do a lot for uh, the public in Niagara. What's your favorite part about a day like today? day like today is seeing guys like Ben Zambiazzi, who I haven't seen for, you know, probably since uh, uh, Grey Cup last uh, last year. And, and it's kind of it's kind of an opening to the season because uh, a lot of us, uh, that's where we get together is uh, at the games and things like that. But uh, it uh, it really is the camaraderie uh, and, and seeing the fellas. And I think if you talk to any athlete in the world, uh, um, you know, they love the glory and the in and the championships, but uh, the most part that they miss when the game's over is the locker room and uh, and uh, hanging out with the guys. I see you guys are playing for a trophy though today. So there's yeah, a trophy not, up for grabs. Yeah. Are you in? Are you? Are you going to be? I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll be in the. <laughs> I mean, uh, with the rest of my foursome, their their backs are going to be pretty tired carrying me through it. But uh, uh, we're all here for fun, and uh, you know what? Everybody just keep their head down when when you hear me yelling for, because you never know where it's coming. That is Ralph Scholes as we got up with him at the Ty Cats Alumni Golf Tournament earlier this summer. As we go into the vault of earlier interviews that we have not had time for yet on the show this season, which we'll continue to do tomorrow, our final show of the bye week. Ticats return to practice next week. Uh, but we are back again tomorrow. That's all the time we have today. My thanks to Andy Fantuz for joining me, and my thanks to you as well, because we could not do the show without you. So thank you. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us, and uh, if you have comments or feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at Louis B underscore TV. From all of us here at the Ticats Audio Network, I'm Louis Butko, hoping you have a great day. Diecast today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at tiecats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at tiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.